We already had our Vietnam, now you're going to have yours. Hello, my name is Will and you're listening to Exploding Helicopter, the only podcast in the world dedicated to the gallant people of Afghanistan. Now this is a very special episode of the Exploding Helicopter podcast because we're publishing this episode on our 10th birthday. Yes, that's right. On this day, way back in 2009, we posted our very first review and started our work documenting the weird and wonderful ways helicopters explode in films. So to mark this occasion, I thought we'd have a look at a film we consider to be a classic of the exploding helicopter genre. It's one of the most over-the-top celebrations of helicopter destruction that has yet been committed to film. So on this show, we're looking at Rambo 3. Now, given we're celebrating our 10th anniversary, it's only fitting that I'm joined by a man who's helped me throughout the last decade, albeit often reluctantly. With me once again is my good friend Dara. How you doing, buddy? Whoop, whoop. 10 years, Will. 10 years. I, I looked up uh, crimes that I could uh, commit and be released in this time. And I thought a particular good one was a second degree manslaughter with a firearm. So I could have done that and uh, f- finished with my sentence. Yet here we are tipping into year 11 and I'm still here. Well, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I make no apology for giving you such a long sentence. You know, I feel if I'm going to, I feel if I'm going to suffer throughout this, this particular cause, I feel I need to drag you along with me. Yeah, I lost interest in this project many years ago, many, many years ago. (laughs) And I feel like it's almost like a care in the community thing I'm doing now, really, just to kind of help you out getting these things done. You know, a little bit of company on the phone, Will, Mm. you know, just to make things... um, Humor me as my mental you, state slowly disintegrates. Exactly. As, as a, an old friend, I feel, you know, I feel kind of obliged, really. Well, you sound a little bit ambivalent about the last 10 years. But, uh, you know, in your wildest dreams, Dara, did you ever think you were going to be spending 10 years of your life studying helicopter explosions in film? And because of that, you are now one of the world's foremost experts in film helicopter explosions you know i don't feel you thank me enough for that that's a good point actually i never really thought of myself i mean it's a very niche this is a very niche podcast a very Mm. niche website very niche area but i am i could consider myself an expert a global expert a global expert i i would expect to get a call from the bbc if there was a discussion (laughs) panel about exploding helicopters if if you or i wasn't called up will I'd say they weren't doing their research properly. Well, no who, one knows yeah, I want to know. If they're not they're calling us up, who are they calling up? Who are they calling? Yeah, so I'm waiting for that phone call. Okay. There have been, admittedly, many lowlights along the way, and I, I can remember your bitterly grizzled complaints after I uh, got you to review the first two Transformers movies. Oh, and... God. <laughs> it's still, I still, I think I'm, I've still got an ulcer. <laughs> As a result, what I'm so upset about having to watch this. Yeah, and you can't like refuse to review the third film, which was uh... yeah, you know, there's only so much a man can take. <laughs> but you know, so there have been some, some, there have been some dark moments, there have been some lowlights, but you know, have there been any highlights for you along the way, Dara? There's been some great. We have looked at some great films. I think once you realise that I, I actually want to watch a decent film as well as review a helicopter exploding. Um, we have had some, some funny ones. I always, I, for some reason, the other guys always sticks out as a really good comedy, which has a exploding, an unusual exploding helicopter in. Particularly enjoyed that. 
obviously watching things like Predator, you know, you, you can watch that a billion times. That oh, film yeah. never gets old. Um, I'm just trying to think of other ones. I don't know, Will. What about you? What, what, uh, what ones have, that we've done have you particularly enjoyed? Well, I particularly enjoyed, and I think it's one that you also enjoyed as well. It was the uh, the the Jean Claude Van Damme movie, Sudden Death. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was an unexpected uh, uh, enjoyment for me. I really thought that was going to be terrible, but I'm, I'm glad you talked me into that one. And it also has an absolutely classic exploding helicopter with it falling tail first onto an ice rink with uh, with Powers Booth in a terrible wig and moustache brilliant uh, kind of howling at jean-claude van damme for in slow motion for for, for, a, for eternity know, for an eternity yeah that was, that was good like the helicopter falling directly obviously they did some sort of a camera change so it's, it's falling absolutely vertically uh completely against any kind of laws of physics i'm sure it would have waved all over the place uh but yeah that's that was a lovely set piece and a, a quite an enjoyable film okay well i'm glad that it hasn't all been pain for you i'm glad that you just haven't suffered through this entire period of time that you've devoted to this art that we are trying to uh, to trying to document and, and categorize but uh, i think enough of this chit chat i think it's time to get stuck into rambo 3 so let's hit the play button on the trailer. He never draws first blood. He only fights back. The first time was for himself. The second time was for his country. This time. Rambo. Something went wrong. It's for his friend. Trumpton was a good man, and I'm really very sorry. You're just leaving him? What do you expect us to do? Send in a Delta team? Create an international incident? What about me? By the way you look, I can see you have no experience in war, do you? Fired a few shots. That if you're captured, we'll deny any participation or even knowledge of your existence. Sounds familiar. Rambo 3 begins with our hero living off the grid in a Buddhist monastery in Thailand. But when his old friend and mentor Colonel Troutman is captured by Russian soldiers while on a secret mission in Afghanistan, everyone's favourite Vietnam veteran is called back into action to rescue his former comrade. Along the way, Rambo falls in with the Afghan resistance and learns that Troutman is being held by the crazed Colonel Zayson, the local Soviet military commander. Suffice to say, it's not long after that all hell breaks loose. So Rambo 3 came out in 1988. It was uh, directed by Peter McDonald. In the cast, obviously, you've got Sylvester Stallone and Richard Krenner as Colonel Troutman. Uh, The great character actor Kurtwood Smith, perhaps best known for Robocop, has a small role as a CIA official. Uh, At the time of its release, Rambo 3 was the most expensive film ever made. However, it was a sizable hit and also grossed $189 million, which was uh, three times its original budget. The film has a 5.8 rating on IMDb and a rather measly, in my opinion, 39% rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. So with all that background out of the way, Dara, what's your history with the Rambo series and, you know, what did you make of this film overall? Well, um, I've I've seen every Rambo film. This particular film, uh, obviously coming out in the late 80s, I was actually living in Spain at the time. And I think the late sort of 87, 88 period was the kind of pinnacle of the 80s 
muscle man. It was all about action. It was all about pumped torsos. It was all about machismo. And as a child, that had a, had a very uh, deep-seated impression on me. And uh, it's the reason why I like to wear vest tops now. <laughs> but it's not the reason that you have a, a, a pumped torso, because... I mean, you look a bit like a bicycle tire with the air let out. <laughs> I say the only thing pumped is my belly. That's pumped. That's pumped to 60 psi. No, it's not. If anyone anyone who knows me knows mm. I'm ripped. I'm, I'm just joking for the viewers. So you liked these films um, as a kid. They appealed to your uh, your, your sort of juvenile sensibilities. Yeah. Infantile. Your, sort of, your infantile yeah. tastes. Yeah. You know, what do you make though of uh, Rambo Three? Watching it today, what do you make of it now? Well, it doesn't. It hasn't aged well in terms of its sort of political standpoint, which we'll talk about later. Quite amusing uh, change, Walter Bass, <laughs> I would say, in American foreign policy. It's is very one-dimensional. Uh, it, it's great for it's great for action. Uh, what, what kind of struck me most, having not watched a Rambo film for a few years, is Rambo's quite is kind of boring he's, he's not he's very taciturn he does, he's not there's no humor at all it's literally they they try attempt to like a couple of jokes in this film but he doesn't it's almost like done without any conviction he's like a very blank canvas i was obviously he's portrayed to be a bit of bit, bit dead behind the eyes due to his ptsd from vietnam mm. but it doesn't from, it make for me for very uh interesting character he's much more interesting in in the original rambo um, where it, they play out on that sense of v- Vietnam vet who's not welcomed back into society. Well, there's no and one-liners so, in that film, though, is there? There's no one-liners, but the story's much more nuanced and more more interesting. And he feels more human. Mm. In this, he's just kind of a bit of a... I don't know, he's just a bit dead behind the eyes. He's... he's he, you know, you, 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 he looks so ripped in this film. You would trust him to sort of kill anything. So he's very <laughs> believable. And like, you know, it's one man taking, basically taking on the uh, Russian army. Yeah, you like, he's believable. Yeah, fine, because he's, he is such a specimen. But it, it's not very, it's not, wasn't hugely interesting film for me. Action, the action is amazing. This is rightly, I think you'll rightly pick this out to review because in terms of heli- exploding helicopters, as Robert Davy would say, it's got helicopters up the ass. <laughs> but uh, in terms of kind of uh, an enjoyable film, yeah, you'd watch it, but it's not, it's, it's, it's nothing compared to the original. Oh, well, I think I've got to, I think we're going to have a bit of a Barney here, Dara, because uh, I, re- I really like uh, Rambo 3. I mean, I'd agree with you. It's it's it falls short in comparison to, to First Blood, which I think is, you know, head and shoulders above the, the other films in series. But uh, if I was ranking them, I'd, I'd probably have uh, Rambo 3 as my uh, as my second choice. I think the th- one of the things that one of the elements that I really like about this film is that as opposed to the previous two films like the motivation rambo's motivation in this film is personal he's going in to to rescue you know his old mentor and friend uh, colonel troutman and the the previous two films had had completely different um, completely different motivations for the for the rambo character and i feel that this one you know if you're you know you, if you've enjoyed the previous films you know you you're you're into the rambo character you like you know you're into his you know interested in his relationship with colonel troutman it's it's a interesting to it's an interesting dynamic to turn the motivation of this film rather than it being for his country this time this time it's it this time it's personal this time it's personal yeah i say i don't it's it's hard to hard to uh judge whether this kind of cliche this time it's personal was a cliche because of Rambo and the films coming about mm. or 
or has that kind of created that, that cliche? Because there's so many of these films where, especially in the 80s, where someone has to go and rescue someone else and it's, it's this time it's personal. I don't know. I'm bored. I'm kind of bored of them. We've, we've seen loads of those films. I have to say in its credit, in the, in the credit column for Rambo 3, they've got some great set design, some great locations. I think it was shot in Israel. Um, so it's quite, it's got a nice feel. They obviously, I think they sourced like clothing and stuff from the Afghanistan border when they did their, uh, the scenes in Peshawar, where they were obviously trying to recreate that. That look felt realistic. So, you know, credit where credit's due. They tried to make it as realistic as possible. I guess it's one man taking on an army isn't realistic, but if he were to, that's probably how it would look and pan out. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think this film does have uh, some other really commendable elements. I think it gets the action moving very quickly in this film. It's not you don't have to wait too long before Colonel Troutman is taken captive, before, you know, Rambo is teased out of his semi-retirement, living with uh, with monks in a in a Buddhist monastery before he, you know, decides to uh, to kind of throw down his peace beads and, uh, you know, get out his uh, explosive tipped arrows once again in order to uh, to go and uh, mercilessly kill some uh, some people. So, you know, it gets into uh, gets into the blood and guts, uh, you know, commendably, commendably quickly and uh, like the most expensive action movie ever made. And, you know, all of that action is on the screen. I mean, the stuff blows up the most, the in most this film. Viol- the most violent movie ever as well. More people killed in this one than any other before. Uh, you know what? I think what really ruined it for me is watching Hot Shots. <laughs> if you watch Hot Shots with Charlie Sheen, it is basically a piss take of uh, Rambo 3. So every time you kind of see something, I'm kind of like, uh, my, my, my brain just transfers me back to the, the joke film. So you kind of, I don't mm. take it seriously. I can't take it seriously. So therefore, it takes me out of the takes me out of the film. So I don't enjoy it as much. Yeah, I mean the Hot Shots. That is a, a pretty. Well, and that that Hot Shots part. I mean, both those films are pretty good. But uh, I think I yeah, think that scene's are... in uh, that is that is, is that in part de, that scene where they're blatantly with the chicken. Yeah, he <laughs> <laughs> fires a chicken. And he's also uh, he's also that's repairing nice. um, video recorders, isn't he? In, in a Buddhist monastery, he's like dunk, dunk, <laughs> dunking them in a, <laughs> in a, that. In a uh, can of oil, or not can of oil, can of water or something. It's 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 certainly of its time. This film, I don't know how much it holds up today, really, in terms of action, yeah, but in terms of everything else, maybe not so much. Okay, well, there are certain things I like to see, and I think generally the public like to see in a Rambo film and that means Stallone using primitive weapons or traps uh, doing some gratuitous machine gunning and often there needs to be a scene where he tends to his own wounds you know perhaps a scene of torture you know did Rambo 3 deliver on the tropes that you wanted oh yeah it's got it's got all of that I some particular things that I like out of a Rambo film so first firstly almost one of the first shots of Rambo he is got the most incredible mullet <laughs> that you would ever see it's beautiful like curly quaffered it's like almost glowing around his head uh, that is lovely lots of close-up of his rippling oh, yeah. muscles that's that's key you have to have that I do like the kind of uh I don't know whether this is the director doing this. It must be the director. The kind of shots of him putting a, a knife down a boot or a, a mm. putting putting bullets in his weapon, like close-up shots, a montage of him kind of getting ready. That's a Rambo thing, isn't it? Or is that other action films? Uh, I feel uh, like it's a Rambo thing. Other action films have, have done that. I think 
the, the most. Did, sort they, of... did Rambo do it first? Um, ooh, I mean, I don't know who did it first. Certainly, I think Commando has an iconic getting Commando's ready been... for battle scene, and that obviously yes. was a few years before That's Rambo 86. three. But what about Rambo two? Does Rambo two have one of those things in it? I'm sure it does. I'm sure there's the, the fetishization of of weaponry and of, yeah. and of loading of loading a gun in there. I'm sure there's a bit of scene of that in, also, in those movies. What, what, one thing I particularly like is um, Stallone holding like a massive caliber machine gun with one hand and then having the <laughs> other hand kind of out display kind of to balance himself off and just kind of spraying around with one hand. That's yeah. a nice that's a nice flourish. It's almost like a musketeer <laughs> with a with a rapier. I, I like I like that. That's, that's stylish. I mean, I mean, did you enjoy the scene where Rambo cauterizes his wound with uh, gunpowder? Oh yes, that was that was quite clever. I thought. I mean, <laughs> would that? So so this is the thing for people who haven't watched this film lately. So uh, a, a piece of wood, uh, something gets either shot at, either an arrow or a bit of wood from some masonry comes and it goes through his uh, lower part of his body under his ribs. And comes out from his back and comes out through his stomach. So he has to get this bit of wood out at the end of the arrow by pushing his thumb through his back. So it pushes the wood out and all this blood splurts out. And obviously he's got to he's got to stop the bleeding. So his idea is he chops off a bullet, gets the gunpowder, pours it in both holes and then lights a match. And the fire actually goes straight through his back and out through. his. I don't think that's medically accurate, personally. Well, I've never seen Bear Grylls do it. Um... I've never seen Bear Grylls do it. It bloody it looks bloody good. That's all <laughs> I've got to say. Looked excellent. Not sure how realistic it is. Mm. I like that. Whoever come up with that was, you know, give mm. him a give him a paycheck. I mean, one thing. I mean, we do get to see. Um, I would agree with you. We do get to see the Rambo film does deliver on some of the on a lot of the classic tropes, which it's uh, which is established and some of which we we talked about here. But I did think that this film did let me down on on one of them, which was there was uh, no decent scene of of torture in this film. And uh, you know, the previous Rambo, uh, Rambo First Blood Part Two, has a classic torture sequence where rambo is uh, on an old uh, he's kind of tied up to an old iron bed attached to a car battery and uh, the, the the russians are, are turning up the uh, the wattage on uh, and kind of electrocuting uh, rambo and the, we don't see we don't get to see an equivalent scene of, of torture here there's a, a very ineffective uh, some very ineffective torture of Colonel Troutman in this film. Where it's just... <laughs> sort of, you know, they just lift him up by his arms. I know, that, that's it. It's like he's on the monkey bars. That's, <laughs> is, is, that, is that really the best that they can do? He is an old man, to be fair. What would what would be the best that you could do, Dara? I mean, you're 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 tut tutting at the, the the Russians' torture here. What would what would what would you have done to you, uh, Colonel Troutman in this in this situation? You've got to go for the balls, haven't you? Really. <laughs> You've got to go for the a man's weak weak spot. You know you could you know let electrocute the electrocute the balls. That's a classic. I, I, no, I haven't come up with that. That's just a, in the, that's a stock item in the torturer's handbook. Really, that's probably what I'd go for. Straight for the balls. Straight for the balls. Okay, well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to get my uh, my old uh, cricket box out next time I uh, go out for a drink with you, Dara. I've got, a, I've got a car battery with your name on it, Will. <laughs> I'm sure you have. But um, this, uh, you know, I was kind of interested, I guess, in, you know, looking at the at the films as a series, because the first film, 
it's almost like a, a film about sort of civil liberties, I guess. You know, Rambo is just somebody who just wants to kind of uh, go about his life peacefully, just wants to go get through this town, but he starts getting hassled by the local law enforcement who sort of, you know, pick him up on... By the man. Sort of, by the man. They pick him up on these, you know, petty charges, start hassling him because he doesn't look, you know, because he's got long hair and looks a bit yeah. dirty. The second film is about well it's essentially about vietnam about refighting the the vietnam war and then the third film is obviously you know about the soviet union you know this was uh you know 1988 was you know the well i don't know i don't know if you call it the height of the cold war but we're kind of you I think know it was, the, it was the end of the cold war because and that was one of the one of the kind of um they wouldn't wouldn't foresee this but by the time this film was actually released I think Russia had decided to pull out of Afghanistan. So it took away, you know, they were trying to make a point about Russia invading Afghanistan, these peaceful, peaceful Mujahideen, inverted commas, uh, you know, just simple peasant people. And actually, Glasnost was happening at this time. And Gorbachev had decided that, you know, it wasn't a priority anymore. They were in Russia for years, in Afghanistan for years without getting anywhere. And they actually did pull out. They just they agreed to pull out, I think, about eight months before this film actually came out whilst it's still being made so yeah it's um it's a it's certainly a time capsule this film well what then do you think rambo 3 tells us about you know the politics of the time well it's still so it doesn't really reflect as i'm saying accurately what was going on in the u.s at the time but they were it was it was kind of like two or three years before that where they were still in the height of sort of paranoia about russia reds and communism you know it's going to take over the world nasty russians thing is nasty russians is, is, is a kind of a trope in a lot of 80s films they're always the bad guys were russians and then it suddenly moved to english people and then you probably get arabs actually probably where do you go russians english arabs i don't well, know what i think the there was current... a bit of a i think there was a bit of overlap in the 80s like arabs were quite a a popular bogey uh, yeah. bogey man in the 80s so I think there was a there was a there was a sort of an overlap of uh, of uh, Russians and Arabs. Then I think in the 90s, after the fall of the of the you know the, the fall of the Soviet Union, you then had you know you kind of had uh, European what European terrorists? Uh, yeah, European terrorists. You know, former former Soviet states. They used the uh, the kind of disintegration of the old Soviet bloc as an opportunity to sort of create crazed crazed warlords or crazed dictators or disenfranchised former generals and all that all that kind of stuff you know you're uh, you know and then asian chinese type of uh that's a more of a newer you know, thing you, well, Asian bad guys i think are i would i would say you kind of had that in the in the sort of the sort of late 90s 2000s but then obviously as the as the then it's gone away again as the importance of the chinese, box chinese office. market yeah, yeah you exactly can't, can't have a chinese bad guy that would not sell well not anymore. So, um, you know, I don't know where where are we going to find the bad guys for uh, you know for films in the future. Oh, who do we hate now? Uh, <laughs> Europe? I don't know. I don't hate Europe. Uh, well, it's kind of we still got ISIS there, but they've, even ISIS are disappearing. We need some. We need the fresh. We we need some fresh atrocities by a new by a new country really to get some proper bad guys. Well, I think I mean what you what you see in a lot of 
and a lot of films these days is because I guess it gets them out of uh, having to uh, specify any particular country is you get a lot of actually the enemy is the government itself. Ah, it's, yes. You know, it's some Classic. some corrupt um, official or some sort of conspiracy at the highest levels of, of government that is actually the dark hand behind you know, whatever the particular crisis is. So, because that's uh, very believable. I think most people would expect there to be some sort of corruption and alternate agendas in most governments throughout the world, especially powerful ones. I think that is actually quite a nice, handy way of um, having a bad guy because we you know all films need a good guys and bad guys for us simple folk. <laughs> Well, do you not think, though, that the Russians could make a comeback as kind of cinema's bogeyman? Because, I mean, you know, Definitely. let's, 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 look, at, at, let's look at Russian. Yeah, let's look at Russian behavior over the last like decade. And they don't really make any apology for how they act no. on the on the international stage. So, you know, why you'd think, actually, if they were going to be portrayed in, in cinema as uh, as a criminal or, or international uh, sort of villain, they, they think it almost adds to their brand value, you know. Yeah, it's, to it's, their cachet. Yeah. Because I think, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know if people from the US are familiar with the Salisbury, is it, what's Salisbury? Salisbury poisonings, um, where basically two Russian agents came to England and they poisoned uh, mm. some Russian ex-KGB. They just came into England, poisoned them and left. They, due to some actually some quite clever investigation, they found they traced up the poison back to a lab and they traced it back to these people. They double checked the passport records and these two people had come in and the, the, the brass nerve on them. They basically set their own interview up and uh, pretended that they were just visiting Salisbury to go to visit the cathedral, look at the cathedral. And they knew that they, they, <laughs> they obviously looked at the Wikipedia for Salisbury Cathedral and said, yes, we, we've come to. We had come to Salisbury to look at the cathedral with uh, this is a five thousand feet high. They just that's a really bad Russian. I was, I was really enjoying a Russian accent. Can you get some more? <laughs> no. uh, so it was like so obvious that it was just a bunch of <laughs> that they were, and they were just quite happy. And like we called them out on it, and nothing's happened. I think those people are still in Russia. We can't touch anybody there. You know, Russia's a very powerful military country. No one wants to get involved with them. They can bully their way around. You know, you wonder why, you know, sorry to go off on a massive tangent, but you wonder why countries like Iran want to have a nuclear weapon when if you don't have a nuclear weapon, you just get pushed from pillar to post by all the big boys. You you know, what, why would you want that? You would want to be part of the club which doesn't get pushed around because you've got a deterrent. So I'm not in favour of nuclear proliferation, by the way, but that, I can completely understand the logic. But if you were... Running a country, you would definitely want your own bomb. Yes, I would nuke them all. <laughs> Anyone who crosses me will go in my book, and I would not forget it. Okay, well let's get this uh, let's get this conversation back on track, and uh, let's take a minute to take stock of uh, the entire sort of Rambo series. I mean, you know, I've I've kind of put my cards on the table already. I think that this film is probably my uh, is probably the second best film in the series. How do you rank the the four films that we've had so far? Well, I probably would I probably would agree agree with you. Ram, uh, First Blood is the best due to sort of the action in this one. I would go this uh, Rambo three, then the final Rambo, which was even more bloody. Uh, well, the, the, there's one in the pipeline, but the last Rambo, which was mm. confusingly 
just called Rambo. Rambo 4, which was Rambo, which was in Burma, and that was very uh, that the you know, body count on that was even higher. I, I did uh, I did enjoy that, but I thought it was a uh, I don't know I don't know if I want to see any more films with Sylvester Stallone as Rambo in his you know 70s or how old is he now? 72. 72. Does anybody want to see a 72 year old man with his top off? Uh, killing people it's not i don't want to see that i'm not interested this the new film that's coming out i'm really not interested in it at all i just think it's just another squeeze of the franchise you know i don't want to do a down on rambo because let's be honest it's a he's a cultural icon rambo i mean he's 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 so much in part of popular conscious consciousness he's become an adjective you know Mm. really you know the, the kind of a tough guy, you know, you know, you describe him as, you know, having have a Rambo sort of personality. Or, so you know, anytime or, you know, often, I think less so now, but certainly for many years, anytime there was a, a mass, mass shooting, you know, there'd be, you know, they would be described as Rambo or there'd be, oh yeah, this, this person watched Rambo on, on video cassette and now look what they've done. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's, he's an indelible impact on on you know Western culture. There's no doubt about it. He's an amazing character, but I think he's he's anachronism really, really, and his times time is up. Okay, I think we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about some pretty spectacular exploding helicopter action. Hey guys, this is JD from the Incession Film Podcast. Every week on our show, you can join my co-host Brendan and I as we review the latest films that's out in theaters. It also inspires us to discuss a top three list of some sort, and we have a lot of other fun movie discussions as well. It's always a blast. And we also have a show on Fridays called our Extra Film Podcast. This is a show that gives us the space to talk about the latest indies and art films and other classics that we normally just don't get to talk about on our main show. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and more. In fact, you can just see everything about us, including our social medias at InsessionFilm.com. So join us every week. We'd absolutely love to have you. We're back, and now we're talking about the exploding helicopter action. And boy, is there a lot to talk about. That's because there are no fewer than four exploding helicopters to discuss. The first sees Rambo unload several hundred rounds of machine gun fire into a helicopter that's charging straight at him. The second sees Rambo crash land a damaged chopper and narrowly escape before it blows up. The third involves Rambo shooting down a helicopter that's pursuing him with an explosive tipped arrow. And the fourth occurs right at the end of the film when Rambo, who is driving a tank, charges towards a helicopter that's flying just above the ground. The two vehicles smash into each other in a frankly absurd but spectacular death suicide charge. Dara, what did you make of the exploding helicopter action? Well... This film has got pretty much everything you want out of the the trope of exploding helicopters. Um, I particularly like the uh, use of exploding arrows. You don't see those very often, and you get that nice. I think you'd agree with me, Will. You get mm. the one of the nice things we like about uh, exploding helicopters is looking at the pilot's face. <laughs> looking at the pilot's face just at the minute he, the second he knows he's about to meet his maker, yeah. that kind of wide-eyed look of what horror. The... Yeah. Yeah, what the, we enjoy that. You know, that's 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 we like to wallow in other people's misery. I particularly like that. That's really well done in here. You know, some beautiful explosions, no CGI whatsoever. 
obviously this was the most expensive film ever made and pretty much every scene you get these huge pyrotechnics even when he's kind of running around in the russian camp huge explosions popping off all over the place the actual exploding helicopters themselves beautiful orange glows you know tons of uh, explosive must have gone into whatever they were doing stun works mm. fantastic and obviously the fight the grand finale we like to have our big exploding helicopters at the end of the film is where they should be it's kind of like a celebration oh yeah obviously it's the most ludicrous ludicrous thing you know if i had a helicopter <laughs> with missiles on it i would not be flying two foot off the ground to, to be rammed into by anyone or shot down i'd be up quite nice and high shooting my missiles safely out of range of, uh... safely out of range that's what anyone's sensible this guy obviously russian nutcase rambo's got inside his head dara what could what you know what can you say oh, there you go that's the that's the, the art of the warrior isn't it yeah. brought him on into his level but uh, amazing yeah, yeah. Absolutely amazing ending. Uh, completely fitting for the ludicrous mm. 80s, but amazing. Well, I think you have to salute the, the incredible variety of exploding helicopters you get to see in this movie because, uh, yeah, as, as you say, you get to see a helicopter brought down with an explosive-tipped arrow, even the exploding helicopter caused by the machine gun. That is executed in fantastic style. So we just see Stallone with his top off, his uh, suntanned oiled muscles flexing right. calm down <laughs> you know do you, want a, do, you want a, do you want a few seconds on your own Will? <laughs> it's all right i've, I've, uh, I've finished all right <laughs> but um yeah he's firing hundreds of rounds of uh, of uh, of this machine gun into the into this helicopter you know and then uh, we also get to see the, the fantastic finale with uh, the helicopter and the tank for no really justifiable reason just ramming into it into each other you know just for the hell of it so there is fantastic uh, fantastic variety of all of, of all of the different exploding helicopters and i, I really appreciated their commitment to making each one distinct and unique in its own right yeah you're, you've got to give them credit I and mean, the action the action in this film is is top draw obviously they've sacrificed other elements you know nuance for for the for the for the yeah, for the action but um you know you, i think most rambo you know people who pay to go and see rambo at the cinema are not they want action. They want exploding mm. helicopters. They're not so bothered about, you know, the geopolitics of it all or uh, motivations. So uh, it does what it says on the tin, and that's why it made a ton of money. <laughs> I, I'm just uh, – I'm going to finish just with a, a sort of uh, a random uh, sort of observation and just sort of come off, I guess, the exploding helicopters. And, uh, you know, because I know – you know, like me, you're you're a music fan as well, and mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know if you watched the closing credits of this film. And uh, did you listen to the the song that uh, played out over the uh, the final credits of this film? I did actually. <laughs> it's funny we we haven't rehearsed this, uh, listeners, <laughs> but I actually did because I was it was weird. I thought, hang on, I know this song, and then I listened a little bit. You, you have to listen a little bit longer. And if I'm not mistaken, was it um it was Bill Medley's That's version right. of He Ain't Heavy? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Bill Medley's on every single soundtrack from 1985 to 1989. He's on every single film singing a song. And where is Bill? Is Bill Medley still alive? I don't know. I don't. We need to. We need to. Uh, we need to look him up. We need to investigate that. But uh... certainly, he can re retire on the on the on his uh, earnings just from film soundtrack singing. <laughs> but to, but to make that uh, to make that uh, song even odder. Did you notice who the, who the producer was on that song? Oh, no, I didn't. It's uh, Giorgio Moroder. Really? Yes. 
Wow. That's the that's the weirdest combination. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't I didn't get a, a Donna Summer vibe. No, I got that, no but... disco from that. No uh... disco. <laughs> but uh, you know, we, you know, let's not sell uh, Mr. Moroder short here. He's obviously got um, you know, he's obviously got uh, more than uh, more than one string to his bow here. Yeah, but, man of many talents. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I I I'm glad that you enjoyed uh, Mr. Bill Medley again. Uh, you know, closing out yet another. 80s film <laughs> yeah i mean it, it had to be bill medley at the end it's, it's, no one else was uh contractually allowed to <laughs> contractually to obligated yeah. yeah exactly okay well i think that uh, just about wraps things up for this show dara uh well, you know, what are you doing in june 2029 are you ready to come back and help me celebrate our 20th anniversary well seeing as this um, podcast is my own personal vietnam it's very much <laughs> likely that will be there <laughs> Well, I look forward to, uh, you know, seeing your haunted, dead behind the eyes <laughs> face once again appearing to on this sh- on this show to talk about uh, the strange ways helicopters explode in movies. But, uh, you know, as for you, listener, you know, thanks so much for uh, for listening. Thanks for reading our reviews and following us on social media. We will be back soon. But until then, keep watching the skies for those exploding helicopters. This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. I like working here. I like belonging to something. You do belong to something, not this. When are you going to come full circle? What are you talking about? You said that your war is over. Maybe the one out there is, but not the one inside you. I know the reasons you're here, John, but it doesn't work that way. You may try, but you can't get away from what you really are. And what do you think I am? A full-blooded combat soldier. Not anymore. I don't want it. That's too bad, because you're stuck with it. Let me tell you a story, John. There was a sculptor, and he found this stone, a special stone. He dragged it home, and he worked on it for months, until he finally finished it. When he was ready, he showed it to his friends, and they said he had created a great statue. And the sculptor said he hadn't created anything. The statue was always there. He just cleared away the small pieces. We didn't make you this fighting machine. We just chipped away the rough edges. You're always going to be tearing away at yourself until you come to terms with what you are. Until you come full circle.